Welcome to the Partcast series, episode 49, part two. Developmental assets of children aged zero to nine, external assets. The Partcast series brings evidence-informed child welfare practice to life by highlighting literature reviews from the Particle Archive. This particle focuses on the developmental assets assessed in the Activities in Action Record, AAR, which were developed to track how well children are reaching key developmental areas. This particle will focus specifically on the external assets of children, organized around four major categories, support, empowerment, boundaries and expectations, and constructive use of time. Children involved with child protection services face many challenges that impact their development, including maltreatment, neglect, and attachment disruption during out-of-home placements. These children are more likely to experience developmental delays, academic difficulties, and behavioral problems. The Activities in Action Record, AAR, used in the ONLAC approach, considers 20 external and 20 internal assets aimed at assessing children's development. The external asset categories are support, empowerment, boundaries, and expectations, and constructive use of time. The following sections will discuss which specific assets are included in each category and how these assets could be increased by the adults in the child's life. External assets focus on factors that make up the child's developmental context. They include factors related to the child's family, peers, school, and neighborhood. This section will feature some of the activities that caregivers, workers, and organizations can undertake in order to increase children's external assets. Support. Children and families who are supported at home and in the community are more likely to experience positive outcomes, including children's physical and social functioning. Family support. Family support is present when the primary caregivers consistently provide the child with love, attention, and care, consistent with the child's physical and emotional needs. Family support is critical for children's early social and cognitive development. Unpredictable or inconsistent support can result in insecure attachment to caregivers, emotional dysregulation, and conduct problems in early and middle childhood. What caregivers can do. With infants, the timeliness and appropriateness of caregiver responses to signs of infant vulnerability and distress are crucial. Caregivers should consistently monitor infants placed in their care, particularly since these children have already experienced significant interruptions in support due to placement in out-of-home care. Consistence is more important than constant monitoring. Infants who are overstimulated through constant parental responsiveness and hypervigilance are less able to develop self-sufficiency and self-regulation skills. As children age and their linguistic abilities improve, verbal support and encouragement becomes more important. Even small encouragements, such as good job and well done, can provide positive reinforcement to children. Productive praise can also be used to reinforce positive behavior with toddlers in preschools. For example, saying, you're really good at setting the table, instead of just saying, good job. Be aware of the body language of the child in response to physical and verbal affection. Particularly for children who might have experienced abuse or trauma, physical affection can become too invasive. Take cues from the child. Let them know that when they are ready, you will be there to give them a hug or whatever else they need to feel loved and supported. Make time to spend together as a family. 
Set aside time for family meals, game nights, and movie nights to bond as a family. What workers can do. Monitor and evaluate caregivers' sensitivity to the needs of infants and young children. There are three behaviors that workers should look out for. One, does the caregiver notice the infant's cues? Two, does the caregiver interpret the cues accurately? And three, does the caregiver respond promptly and appropriately? Use positive reinforcement to promote family support. Compliment caregivers and children when they engage in positive interaction. Acknowledge and reframe caregiver frustration with child problem behaviors. For example, for a caregiver that becomes frustrated when a child is so involved in an activity and does not wish to stop, the worker can reframe this to indicate that the child is good at concentrating, which will help with school and homework as they enter grade school. Positive family communication. Family conflict adversely affects children's cognitive development. Infants exposed to caregiver conflict are more likely to have delays in communication, memory, and problem solving. What workers can do. Positive communication involves not only speaking respectfully with children, but also listening to what they have to say. Ask them how they are doing, and then acknowledge their answer. If the child is not responsive to general questions, be more specific. For example, ask them, did you sing a song at school today? Also, tell the child about your own day. Avoid doing other activities while having these conversations so that you can make eye contact with the child so that they know they have your undivided attention. Tea parties, whether real or imagined, are an excellent way to practice positive family communication and for children to begin learning table manners. Bedwetting, nightmares, difficulty concentrating, and sleeplessness are all common in children who have experienced traumatic events, such as separation from their birth family. The caregiver's response to these incidents must reflect the fact that these behaviors are completely outside the control of the child. Caregivers must be patient and non-judgmental, particularly in the case of bedwetting, which older children might find embarrassing or shameful. If there are concerns that these behaviors are impacting the child's quality of life, speak to the worker. A doctor's appointment might be necessary to ensure that everything is okay. Keeping track of these events in a calendar can help determine whether the issue is getting worse, staying the same, or getting better. What workers can do. Avoid making any topics off-limits, and encourage caregivers to do the same. While certain topics might be more difficult to discuss, especially with very young children, including romantic relationships, death, or religion, help the caregiver assure the child that you will both do your best to answer their questions sincerely. Model the use of positive do and yes phrases instead of do not and no phrases with children. For instance, ask a child to do something like coloring quietly while you talk to the caregiver, instead of telling the child not to interrupt you while you talk. The latter is not only negative, but can actually give them the idea to do something that they might not have considered before. Other adult relationships. While the relationship with the caregiver is important, children also need positive relationships with other adults. These adults can provide additional support and encouragement for the child. What caregivers can do. Get to know the other caregivers at the child's daycare, school, or church. These adults can be a source of support both for the caregiver and the child. Joint activities such as playdates or group meals can provide the child with time to socialize and caregivers with the chance to meet with other parents of the child's friends. Consider caring adults within your own extended family and social network. Is there anyone who shares the same interests with the child? Ensure that the relationship is not only a healthy one, but that it is also consistent. 
Check with the school, church, or community center if there are mentorship programs available for the child. The more supportive relationships with adults a child has, the more mentors there are to turn to in times of stress. What workers can do. Carefully assess the other adults in a child's life. While positive adult relationships can be very beneficial for children and youth, unfortunately in Canada, 88% of sexual offenses against children are committed by someone known to the child, either an acquaintance, a family member, or a caregiver's dating partner. One-third of offenses are committed by a youth, and 97% of police-reported offenses are committed by a male. While the majority of children will not experience sexual abuse, Canada's rate of police-reported sexual offenses is 205 for every 100,000 children. It is still important for children to know the difference between good touching and bad touching in a developmentally appropriate way. The online resource www.stopitnow.org has free prevention tools and tips for talking to children. Caring Neighborhood The neighbors and neighborhood provide the child with a sense of belonging. Positive connections to one's neighborhood decrease parenting strain and increase helping behaviors by neighbors. What caregivers can do. Find out what child-friendly events are happening in the neighborhood. Churches, libraries, recreation centers, and schools have child-friendly events planned throughout the year that will give the child the opportunity to connect with other children in the neighborhood. Create opportunities to get to know the neighbors if you have not done so already. Organize a potluck, barbecue or block party as a way to meet and get to know the neighbors and for them to get to know you and your family. Caring climate in childcare and educational settings. The childcare or school setting provides an environment that encourages and cares for the child. What caregivers can do. Talk with the child care center staff or teachers about how well the child is integrating into the school environment and with peers. More introverted children might find themselves excluded from play. Discuss with the teacher ways to increase the child's social interaction with their peers, like having a buddy assigned during recess to help facilitate the child's inclusion. Parent involvement in child care and education. When caregivers actively involve themselves in the child's school or child care institution. What caregivers can do. Get involved with the child's daycare or school. Become a recess or lunch supervisor, a field trip chaperone, or a story time reader. Teachers are particularly grateful for any specialized help offered, like baking goods for special occasions or carpentry for help for theatrical or art projects. For caregivers with less time, passive forms of involvement include reading and signing all written communications from the child's school and attending all parent-teacher meetings. Connect with the parents of other children at the school. Not only will this broaden the child's social network, but also provide parents with the support from other parents of children going through the same developmental stage. Empowerment. Children who feel valued by their families and their community are empowered to value and help others. Community cherishment and valuing of young children. When children know that the community values and welcomes them. What caregivers can do. Attend local events that are child-friendly. Festivals and parades aimed at children and families are a great way of showing children that they are valued by the community. Visit open houses with the child at the police station or fire station so the child can become familiar with the resources in the community that are meant to keep them safe. What workers can do. Provide information to caregivers about child-friendly activities and resources available in the community 
like the YMCA, Big Brothers and Big Sisters, park programs, community centers, etc. Research what events are held by these organizations and let caregivers know about the ones most relevant to the child's age and interests. Children seen as resources. When children are seen as an asset, and they are given useful roles in the community or, or within their family. What caregivers can do. Allow and encourage children to contribute to the running of the household with tasks suitable to their age and development. Toddlers can help put their toys away, preschoolers can help set the table, and grade schoolers can help load the dishwasher or fold laundry. Service to others. When the child is able to engage in actions that help others without expecting anything in return. What caregivers can do. Older children can help younger children. If one child asks for help with drawing a picture or some other activity beyond their skill, ask another child in the household who knows how to do that task and help the younger one. The older child will engage in service to others, and the younger child will have one more person to turn to in times of help seeking. Offer children the opportunity to help others in the neighborhood. Perhaps an elderly neighbor might need help weeding the garden or removing snow from their driveway. Young children will not be able to contribute as much to these tasks, leaving the work to the caregiver, but just the opportunity to do something for others without expecting anything in return can help children develop a sense of their own self-worth and ability to help others. Participate in an organization's food, toy, or clothing drive, or start one of your own. Collect canned goods with a child and take them to the food bank together, or collect school supplies for children in low-income countries and go to the post office together to mail these supplies. Explain to children why this activity is important and the difference it is making. Walkathons and bikeathons are events the whole family can participate in that help increase the child's physical activity. Find out what events are happening in your area. These are events that even very young children can participate in while being pushed in a stroller by caregivers. Safety. When the child feels safe at home, school, and in the neighborhood. What caregivers can do. Teach children that they must not only follow the rules of the household, but also the rules of other places they go, including friends' homes, daycare, and school. Young children especially might not understand what is safe to do at home might not be safe elsewhere. For example, it might be safe to play the ball in the front yard on a side street at home, but it might not be safe to play ball in the front yard of a house that's on a busy street. Ensure that the child is able to recite their full name, address, and phone number, as well as their caregiver's name. Teach them that if they are ever separated from you while outside of the home, such as at the grocery store or mall, to stay where they are and to yell your name. If they need help while separated, teach them to go to a person in a police or security uniform. Practice pointing out police and security when you go out so they know who to turn to to help. What workers can do. Young children might struggle to understand what a stranger is, especially if they have experienced multiple out-of-home placements. Instead, refer to people in three different ways. One, don't know, so this is any person not known to the child. Two, kind of known, an adult the child might recognize. And three, a safe adult, who is someone the child can always talk to and that has been identified in advance by the worker, caregiver, and the child. Frequently review who the safe adults are so that they do not forget, especially if because of a change in placement, new safe adults are introduced. Make sure that they know that if someone does or says something that it makes them feel scared or uncomfortable, that they should tell a safe adult, even if the person told them it has to be a secret. Boundaries and expectations. 
Support and empowerment alone cannot stimulate children's development. They also need clear boundaries that are consistently enforced. Children need to know what to expect in order to know how to behave. Family boundaries. When children's behavior is monitored and addressed within the home. What caregivers can do. Set boundaries and expectations for very young children. These will vary based on the child's temperament. Consider your child's temperament in setting rules so that children are not set up to fail. For example, instead of expecting a very active child to sit still during church with no distractions, instead provide something quiet for the child to do such as a coloring book. Set ground rules that everyone in the family can follow. Enforce these rules consistently and fairly. Ensure young children are supervised and that you know the whereabouts of older children who do not need constant supervision. A note about understanding temperament. Temperament is the behavioral style that is present at birth and affects the way children behave towards other people and situations. There are nine temperamental traits that all children have to a certain degree, each with positive and negative aspects. One, activity level. This is the child's necessity for movement. Two, adaptability. This is the child's ability to adapt to changes. Three, intensity, which is the child's strength of emotional reactions. Four, their mood, which is their overall disposition. Five, perceptiveness, which is their observation of their environment. Six, persistence, or determination to achieve goals. Seven, regularity, which is the child's predictability of bodily functions. Eight, sensitivity, which is their physical reaction to senses. And nine, the first reaction, which is their reaction to new situations, activities, or people. As young children develop, they can be assigned chores. Toddlers can help put away their toys, preschoolers can set the table, and grade schoolers can do more advanced tasks. The first few times a child does a new chore, do it with them in order to show them how it needs to be done and to ensure that they know how to do it. Compliment children for completing their chores well. Positive feedback encourages more positive behavior. Review the boundaries and expectations occasionally to ensure that they still reflect the child's developmental needs. Adjust the boundaries as the child matures. Between the ages of 4 and 6, the number of tasks that children can accomplish by themselves will increase quickly. Caregivers need to be ready to delegate more and more tasks to children to complete independently. These include brushing teeth alone and having a bath alone. What workers can do. Caregivers might not be aware of the developmental abilities of young children. Share resources with them that help caregivers understand what developmental stage the child is at and why they might be engaging in behavior that seems out of character. Work with caregivers to ensure that they are using age-appropriate disciplining strategies. Most importantly, the purpose of discipline should be to teach or correct the child, not to punish them, as punishment has only short-term benefits and is quickly forgotten by the child. Boundaries in childcare and educational settings. When the child is faced with consistent and reasonable boundaries at school and at home, they learn self-regulation and which behaviors are acceptable or unacceptable. What caregivers can do. Find out what the behavioral rules are at the child's daycare, school, or after-school program. It will be easier for children to comply with the rules of out-of-home environments if they are as similar as possible to the in-home rules. Share information with the child's teachers. Advise them on what works and what does not work based on your experiences with the child's temperament so that they are able to better respond. Neighborhood boundaries. The child's home environment includes neighbors, and the child's development is supported best when these neighbors are supportive of the child and the family.
What caregivers can do. Meet with the neighbors in the community and set guidelines for children playing in the neighborhood. This can include determining which part of the apartment complex or which yards children can play in freely, or agreeing on playtime rules, like no leaving the designated play area without telling an adult. No full contact sports, for example. Discuss with neighbors on how and when they can intervene or guide the child's behavior in a positive, encouraging, and non-threatening way. This can be a gradual conversation that begins with a discussion of the caregiver's parenting style, the child's temperament, and the expectations and boundaries set for the child. For instance, caregivers can ask neighbors to let them know if the child is seen going out of the designated play area, instead of intervening directly themselves. Adult Role Models Teachers and other adults in the child's life have the potential to influence the child's development by modeling positive behaviors including self-control, social skills, engagement in learning, and a healthy lifestyle. What caregivers can do. Model positive social behavior, including manners, healthy physical activities and eating habits, and patience when faced with frustrating situations. Young children often imitate exactly what they see without considering the contextual differences between adults and children. If they see their caregiver respond negatively to frustrating situations, they will too. What workers can do. Brainstorm with the child on traits that make a good role model. Help the child identify people in their life that meet this criteria. Help them to not only consider traditional role models like police or firefighters, but also less obvious role models such as librarians, scientists, musicians, and others. Positive peer relationships. Children develop their social skills by playing and engaging with other children. What caregivers can do. Arrange for opportunities for the child to meet with and play with other children outside of the child care or school setting. This could include both scheduled activities like a play date and unscheduled activities like time at the playground when other children are also likely to be present. Monitor the child's behavior to ensure that the children are engaging in positive behaviors and help them manage inappropriate behaviors, such as playing too roughly or excluding other children from their play. Infants and very young toddlers will engage in their own play behaviors even in the presence of other children, whereas older toddlers and preschoolers will interact and play behaviors together. These interactions will have to be closely supervised to ensure that children are able to play cooperatively with specific instructions on how to share, how to apologize meaningfully, and how to negotiate social situations. What workers can do. Help caregivers create opportunities for children to engage in positive interactions with other children. This could include connecting the child and caregiver to playgroups at the school, library, or community center. Positive expectations. Children who have experienced neglect or emotional abuse are more likely to have experienced hostility, punishment, and criticism from their caregivers, and are less likely to have experienced positive verbal or interpersonal interaction. For children under the ages of 6, this results in negative self-image, conduct problems, passivity, and less prosocial behavior. As a result, positive expectations and reinforcement of positive behaviors are crucial to counteracting these negative early experiences. What caregivers can do. Be clear about what is expected of children at home, at school, in the family and with friends, and why these expectations exist. Be optimistic in your expectations of the child, but be open and understanding if occasionally these high expectations are not met. Discuss with the child about how you can help them meet the expectations and what supports they need. As the child ages, adjust your expectations accordingly and communicate the new expectations to the child. 
Notice and applaud children when they fulfill expectations. For example, if a child is doing chores or their homework without being asked, make sure that you say something positive about it. Providing positive feedback will reinforce and increase the child's positive behavior. Avoid overwhelming the child with too many activities or with too much pressure to succeed. Instead of telling the child that they can succeed at anything if they just work hard enough, which can result in feelings of inadequacy if they fail, encourage the child to strive for their best and remind them of the progress that they have already made. What workers can do. Preschool-aged children will begin to compare themselves to others, particularly their peers. So ensure that you are using positive reframing to highlight the child's own accomplishments. For instance, a child that is struggling with their letters might notice that other children are already able to spell. They might get frustrated or refuse to do their lessons as a result. Help the child recognize that they have already made significant gains from where they were just a few weeks ago and that you would be happy to help them continue learning. Constructive use of time. In order to maximize developmental potential of children, children's time should include both unstructured playtime as well as structured developmentally appropriate activities that help children learn new skills. Play and creative activities. Active stimulation is key to child development. Screen time should be limited and structured, and unstructured play should make up the majority of children's free time. What caregivers can do? Minimize screen time. Set clear boundaries for children on what type of television and how much is allowed. Model appropriate viewing behavior by limiting your own screen time. Make screen time more didactic by discussing the TV shows that the children watch, as well as the impacts of TV on the children's behavior. Keep screens out of the children's bedrooms. This includes cell phones, tablets, and other screen devices. Treat play like an activity in and of itself, but also as a way to engage children in activities that they would otherwise try to avoid, like bath time, bedtime, or trips to the doctor. Use bath toys for bath time, favorite storybooks for bedtime, and role-playing to visits to the doctors. These can all make difficult activities more fun for children. Encourage well-rounded play. Children's activities should include artistic activities, physical activities, and activities that stimulate their cognitive development. There is a wide range of artistic activities that can be undertaken, even for children who do not consider themselves to be artistic. Artistic activities can include listening to music, trips to an art museum, art projects such as scrapbooks or dioramas, attending concerts, plays, movies, or watching televised performances of plays or concerts. Following these events, children should be encouraged to engage in related activities at home. Singing can help develop children's vocabulary, dancing can help develop children's physical development, and dress-up can help children develop their social skills through role play. What workers can do. Playgrounds can provide the opportunity for young children to engage in social and physical activity under the supervision of caregivers. However, not all playgrounds are created equal. Low-income neighborhoods are at risk of having playgrounds that have safety hazards or poorly maintained equipment. Work with the caregiver to determine whether the local playgrounds are safe and help the caregiver advocate with city services on any maintenance issues. Advocate also for the upgrade of local playgrounds. Having a variety of equipment with safety surfacing and waste facilities is associated with increased use by children and families. Out-of-home community programs. Out-of-home programs can provide children with socialization and physical activity while decreasing the amount of time spent in front of a screen. 
Physical activity from a young age is critical to healthy child development, as there is a strong correlation between the amount of physical activity young children engage in and their motor skill development. What caregivers can do. High school and community concerts and plays tend to be inexpensive and can introduce children to cultural and artistic activities. The local newspapers and libraries will have information on available activities. Encourage the child's involvement in school clubs, sports teams, children's groups, or community organizations like Girl Guides or Boy Scout. Depending on the developmental level of the child, children as young as 18 months can participate in non-competitive, non-contact sports such as soccer, hockey, or swimming though caregiver participation might be required for the younger children. What workers can do. Find out when there are discounted or free days at the museum and take the child on a trip there. This activity can provide an opportunity for bonding and talking outside of the home or office settings. Assist caregivers in covering the fees associated with out-of-home community programs. Kids Sport, Sport Assist, Athletics for Kids, or Jumpstart all provide financial assistance to low-income families. Religious community. The child's spiritual development is supported when participating in age-appropriate religious or spiritual activities. Positive religiosity, characterized by involvement in a religious or spiritual community group and its practices, is associated with positive child development. However, if the religious or spiritual involvement involves overly strict literalism of scripture and teachings, then children's development is negatively impacted and they are at greater risk of behavioral problems. What caregivers can do? Answer children's questions honestly with regards to religion. Young children's understanding of the world is quite literal and they will not be able to understand the allegory of much of their religious teachings until they are older. Be prepared for a lot of questions related to what happens after someone dies, questions about religious figures and or religious practices that range from the practical, like where is heaven, to the philosophical, like Do hamsters have souls? Be open to the child having differing religious or spiritual views and explain to the child that while you practice in one way, others practice in many other ways. What workers can do. It is not always possible to place children with caregivers of the same religious or spiritual orientation. And even if such a placement can occur, there is much variation within religions. As such, it is necessary to discuss with caregivers what the religious and spiritual practices of the child's family of origin are and instruct them on how they can find out more information about these practices and what they can do to meet the child's religious needs. Time at home. While distracting young children with screen time might be tempting to caregivers and workers, screen time should be restricted in and out of the home. Screen time, particularly television, disrupts the quantity and quality of caregiver-child interactions. This negative relationship is most evident in infancy but even older children can be adversely influenced by media, including increased aggression, anxiety, and fear of victimization. What caregivers can do. Plan alternatives to screen time for evenings and weekends when family members are tired and will most likely turn to television. Reading, painting, coloring, and other crafts, as well as other sit-down activities, can be used as alternatives to screen time. Weekly family activity or game night is another alternative. Allow for downtime each day and for the child to relax and do whatever they want to do without a planned schedule. Conclusions Caregivers, workers, and organizations should take a universal approach to promoting developmental assets. Early identification and intervention is crucial, and more intensive resources can be provided to the families that are struggling to ensure that no child falls behind. 
The AAR, while helpful to track how all children involved in child welfare services are developing, is conducted only once a year and is therefore insufficient in tracking the needs of individual children. Caregivers and workers need to frequently talk with children to determine if there are any external assets that require additional support. Organizations should take a preventative approach to building family support and focusing on all families, not just those at risk of low support, and encouraging workers and caregivers to frequently assess children's developmental assets. Grade schoolers experience an average of 18 of the 40 developmental assets, indicating that there is a lot of room for improvement in most families. Viewing parents as resources and building family strengths will empower families to respond more effectively to problems as they arise. More intensive services can be offered to families at high risk in order to maximize limited resources. However, focusing only on high-risk families from the beginning can leave medium-risk families without the tools necessary to prevent them from becoming high-risk families. A note about self-care and support for caregivers. Feelings of isolation, loneliness, guilt, and stress are all common for caregivers. Caregivers should take time for themselves to ensure that they have a physically active lifestyle, a supportive social system, and the time and strategies needed to de-stress. Without adequate support, caregivers will not be able to meet the developmental needs of their children. Do not be afraid to ask for help in order to meet your own needs. When you take good care of yourself, you'll be able to take good care of your child. You have been listening to the Parkcast series, episode 49, part 2, Developmental Assets of Children Aged 0 to 9, External Assets. The Parkcast series is produced by Practice and Research Together, a membership-based organization that promotes the understanding and use of evidence-informed practice at all levels of the child welfare system. For more information on this episode's topic or other episodes in the Parkcast series, please visit www.parkcanada.org.